Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Graveyard Coffee Talk. We're your hosts, Amanda and Corinne, and we're in person again. Yay! We're in person, and Amanda may or may not have forgotten her microphone, so we're on a single mic setup. But y'all did that for like an entire year with us, so it'll be fine, probably. If it sounds bad, just blame me. Yeah. Uh, so coffee-wise, uh, the universe didn't want us to have fucking coffee. We ch- uh, it was a challenge. It was a challenge. First, we get in the drive-thru for somewhere. They're like, cash only. And um, it's 2023. And no one has that much cash on them. Well, so we're like, so okay. So I try to have cash because there's a lot of unhoused folks in the area. And I give them all of my cash. Yes. Yes. You so, don't have it for a coffee shop. Yeah. Which I get it. Sometimes systems go down. I understand. It's nobody's fault, but also rude. Yeah. Uh, it, the universe felt like it was targeting us. So then we go to find somewhere else and we almost didn't find parking, um, but we finally did. It has taken us almost 45 minutes to get coffee, which is insanity. Yeah. At um, one point, like we're driving down the street. And I'm like, you know what? I have coffee at home. I have coffee at home. And then I was like, oh, look, there's a spot. <laughs> there's a parking spot. And I took it. So uh, we went to Synergos, which I know we've mentioned on the podcast before. Um, If you are in the city, the baristas at the multiple Synergos locations are unionizing. So support their efforts. Um, And I got the Golden Hour latte, which is basically like a golden milk, turmeric, and some spices and sweetener. I think there's some vanilla in there. Yeah, it's delicious is what it is. I got it hot. Uh, I got the same thing because great minds and all that. And mine is iced because it's warm outside. Yeah, turmeric is just so cozy. I feel like it should be warm. No, it absolutely should be. I don't disagree with you, but also... Your girl loves a nice latte because I am trash. Fair. All right. Uh, so what is our card? Our card is from the Wild Unknown Tarot deck because that was what was sitting next to me. And I realized I hadn't drawn a card yet. So uh, we've got the Daughter of Cups who's got a little signet. Oh, he's just... He's got a little signet. He's just a little baby. It's just a little baby. And it's all about... Your creative energy and being romantic and artistic and inspired. And I kind of, I like that because I feel like this was the inspirational brainchild that you came up with. And I know we've talked to other people who have been inspired by what we're doing, which is like peak. I have peaked. Yes. If I do nothing else with my life, I help someone else go, oh, that sounds fun. I want to do a thing. I love that. I genuinely I love that. Yeah, it it's the best, honestly. It, it is bonkers to me that people say we've inspired them in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, I'm like, do, do you do you know me? Do you know what a gremlin I am? Yeah. Uh, so speaking of gremlins, Amanda, what's our topic? So today we are discussing 
the fae, the fair folk, fairies. The kindly ones. Yes. And this is one episode where it almost would have made more sense for Corinne to go first. Um, and we'll get to that here in a bit. But <laughs> I don't want to set the precedent that we know what we're doing. So because we don't, I'm going to keep going on. Um, my sources today are as follows. Uh, the Wikipedia page for fairy, because Wikipedia is always my jumping off point. Yep. The Wikipedia page for, um, and I really hope that I am pronouncing this correctly, Nunehi. An article from the KCN titled Appalachian Folklore Part 2, Spirits and Sprites okay. by Austin Leonard. And an article from mountainlore.net called The Fair Folk by Steve Gilley. Okay. So to start with, what is a fairy? Ooh, that's kind of a philosophical question, though, isn't <laughs> I know. It? That is quite possibly the most loaded question that I have ever asked in my life. Uh, so per that Wikipedia page that I mentioned, it's the umbrella term for a type of creature found in the folklore of various European countries. You know, you find fairies in Celtic folklore, Slavic, Germanic, English, French, and debatably some Persian. Yes, yes. Uh, Nordics. And I I can touch on something. It's not technically in my research, but I did read about it. Uh-huh. So uh, I'll... We'll, we'll loop that shit in, too. Perfect. Um, so, again, I don't want to get too in-depth on this side of things because I have a feeling that you are about to go freaking feral with <laughs> the European side of things. It's a contained feral. It's like if you put a possum in a have-a-heart trap. Okay. That is... That is... Uh, a metaphor, a simile that you've decided to use today. It's because it's something my family's done. Not that I'm Southern or anything. No, it's not like your accent just slipped a little bit. Shut up. <laughs> Whatever, we feed off of each other. We do. Um, but I did want to point out some of the theories on the origins of fairies. Uh, just because they've, it, it makes me happy. So various folklorists throughout history have attributed fairy stories to the idea of the dead who were unworthy of heaven. Okay, I've heard that one. The various children of Eve not mentioned in the Bible. Okay. Demons. Awesome. Aliens. Love that. A proto-human species, you know, like... Okay. Okay. Our predecessors. I can roll with that. A species completely independent of humanity. But happens to have had, like, really similar evolutionary... Yeah. Okay. You know, it... Convergent evolution, that's what that's called. Look at you! <laughs> Sorry, I was like, what is it called? It's not carcinization. That's where everything <laughs> becomes crabs. It is my favorite phenomenon. It's I'm great. not even gonna lie. It's great. And fallen angels. Okay, I've heard that one too. So, no real consensus there. Uh, and how do we tie this into the United States? How? Tell me. Well, you have your Irish and your Scottish immigrants making their way across the Atlantic, because aren't we all trying to escape the English? <laughs> Just saying. I'm, like, fully half English. I'm not. We are Irish, Scottish, and German on this side of the family, or 
on this side of the family as if I didn't just talk about both. It's fine. I'm fine. We're tired. Um, We're tired millennial women. It's fine. We are. I got woken up at four in the morning. Jesus. A decent number of these immigrants end up settling in the Appalachian region. Mm-hmm. And what do people bring wherever they go? Stories. They're stories. So you have these communities getting set up uh, pretty isolated from the rest of the country just due to the geography yeah. of the region. Um, I know we've discussed that before. And telling stories about fairies tricking people and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You get the stories of fairy rings. You get both warnings and encouragements regarding mushroom circles you find after the rain. Mm-hmm. And you get a community of people pretty primed to twist indigenous stories to fit their own folklore. Uh, yeah. So here is where we start discussing the Cherokee Nation and their stories of the um, Nunehi. Okay. So the Nunehi were said to be a powerful and benevolent type of spirit between two and seven feet tall. That is a very large range. That is quite the range. Uh, but when you think about the height range that humans have relative to other animals. Fair, fair, I, fair. We do I, have a rather wide range of average heights. You know, why, why am I defending this? It's fine. Um, the stories say that they worked with healers. They fought in battle alongside the Cherokee people and they acted as protectors. Okay. There's even a story that says the Nunehi came by to warn about Andrew Jackson coming to decimate the Cherokee Nation. I love that. Uh, the Nunehi offered the people a chance to find refuge in the Nunehi's world outside of ours. Okay. And this caused a split with some people choosing to follow and some choosing to stay home and fight. Interesting. Okay. And I could only find one reference to this, so I'm not sure how accurate it is, but there was a reference to the fact that the idea of the split in the Cherokee Nation now with communities still on this side of the countries versus communities out west are the two different Okay. And that once it was, quote unquote, safe to come back to these lands, mm-hmm. that group came back. Okay. That's... And ex- again, I could only find that referenced once, and it wasn't referenced via any native source, so. Okay. Yeah. Just all those stipulations there. Oh, hi, George. Oh, we have Kitty joining us. Okay, so we've got our Scots-Irish immigrant communities who, you know, start talking to the Cherokee people. They learn about the spirit creatures of great power who like offerings of venison, beadwork, milk, and honey. Gee, some of that sounds uh, really familiar to... Exactly. And they go, oh, these are the fairy folk of these hills. Got it. Nope. (laughs) I know how to deal with this. Yep. Um, And over time, the Nunehi stories were reworked a little bit under the lens of the fairy lore of the British Isles. Um, Both bits completely overwritten. um, Some bits of Nunehi lore kind of started to overwrite the fairy lore that these communities brought over the way folklore tends to 
weave itself, which I love. And to finish out my admittedly very short segment, a couple of fairy-related beliefs throughout the Appalachian region. Okay. So if you find a fairy toadstool ring, stand in the center and your wish will come true. Um, not sure how I feel about that. No, I don't think I'd do that. <laughs> I, not even because I'm like, oh, that's, that, that's a portal. That's going to portal my ass, but because yeah. it also tends to be where trees have rotted and you know my ass is going to fall through. Well, that and I just knowing what admittedly very little I know about traditional fairy folklore, I don't want whatever wish they're granting because it will be twisted. Yeah. Um. Another one is, when you have a fire going, look at the flames. If any of the flames are blue, you are being watched by good fairies. Okay. And I loved finding that because that's something that my gramps actually always told us when we would go camping every summer at Rough River Lake. He would tell us to look at the fire and if you saw blue, um, his was the angels are watching. Makes sense. Um, But again, so much of that gets... It all got smooshed. Smooshed together. Um, So that just made me happy. Uh, Don't throw out your floor sweepings or spent water at night. You might end up tossing them on a fairy you can't see. And um, you don't want to know what happens when you piss off a fairy. It doesn't end well for anyone. And if you are in a crowded room and it suddenly gets deathly quiet at 20 till or 20 after, you know that either fairies or angels just made their way through. I've heard that one. I had never heard that one. I just thought it was me joking about my trauma. Getting everyone to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I That one I was familiar with. And I don't remember where I ever heard it. Yeah, no. I saw that one and I was like, oh, that's, that's fun. And now I'm always going to be... It's my neighbor's. Ah. Okay, sorry. My neighbors um, are very enterprising and they do a lot of work from home and they will play the radio, which they have great taste in music. The problem is I'm an editor and a writer. And if I hear words, I can't word. Yeah. So it's like, and I don't want to go out and say anything because it's like, it's fine. It's not their fault that my brain is weird. Yeah. Anywho. Sorry. That's my segment. I didn't have that much um, this time around. Uh, You know, again, as we said last episode, it has been a hell of a year. And it's only April. I will get back to my normal rambling, super long segments. And that is a threat. Great. I can't wait for you to carry it out. Uh, Mine is also kind of short. I did, while you were talking, it kind of made me think about something, you know, the... Scots-Irish settlers who came to the Appalachians. The Appalachians are so old, they're connected to the mountains in England. Yes. That's all. It's all one stretch. And I kind of love that continuity. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy. All right. So um, for me, this is also going to be kind of a shorter one because I found one really, really great source and just clung to it with both hands. Love it. But I couldn't incorporate all of it because I'm like, I'm just going to end up reading a 400-page book to people. And that's not what they're here for. Aren't they, though? I mean, they might be. We'll save it for the Patreon. Sure. Oh, our pipe dreams. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my research does come from Wikipedia, the Tilt Teague, the Duende, Tanike, 
a gentleman named Weert Sykes, and his book, which is called British Goblins, Welsh Folklore, Fairy Mythology, Legend, and Traditions. Okay. That's where I got most of this from. Um, so yeah, I thought to myself, this is going to be so fucking easy. I'm an urban fantasy nerd. I can list off names of fairy creatures. Yeah, we weren't just today talking about how excited we are for the next Toby Day book. That is going to hurt. A lot. A lot. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be so easy. So, like, I'm going through. I'm Googling. And I'm like, I know these guys. I know these guys. And I'm pulling up links so I can start talking about all these different kinds of fair folk. Which, fun fact, my husband had never heard the term fair folk before. I, I was about to ask how, but I guess not everyone reads urban fantasy like they drink water. I Yeah, I don't know. It was it was, sparked a very interesting dinner conversation because, again, he gets the preview of all of my talks because, unfortunately, he lives with me. Uh, anyway, so I started going through this and I was like, oh, this is going to be coast. I just, I'm not even going to have to work hard. And... Uh, I'm me. No. I'm me. So instead of what I thought I would be offering you today, we are going to kind of dive into what is essentially fair folk taxonomy. Okay. Because things that I thought of as individual types of fae are more like families. So we're talking like Felidae instead of Felis Catus. Okay. Because uh, Amanda, Amanda, did you know Till with Teague, not a singular kind of fairy? Really? In Welsh folklore, Etilith Teague are the fair folk in general. No, I read that. Oh, where did I read that? Oh my gosh. No, I read that in the um, Gods, Goddesses, and Monsters book that I got like over a decade ago. I had no idea. So what I didn't remember until fairly recently was that while I am most familiar with the Tilith Teague from Shauna McGuire's books, mm-hmm. in the Pridane Chronicles, the land where the fair folk live is called Tilith Teague. Interesting. That's not one that I think I've ever read. Oh, that's great. It's based on the Mabagonian very, very loosely. Mm-hmm. Masterclass in having a character really go through that journey into adulthood. Because the main character in book one, you want to slap constantly. Amazing. And by book four, you're weeping because he is a grown-ass man. Saving the kingdom. Love it. It's it, They're very good. And there's a lot of little Easter eggs. Like, as a child, I didn't understand them. But now I'm a grown-up and I'm like, a worm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I, I do recommend. Uh, but anyway, Matilda Teague are just the, the umbrella term. And then there are different, like, subcategories of Tilithig, such as the Elalon, which is what we think of as elves. Right. The Cobblinal, which are more like dwarves. They like to mine. Right. And others. So um, where I got a lot of this, as I mentioned before, is the 1880 edition of British Goblins, Welsh Folklore, Fairy Mythology, Legends, and Traditions by the amazingly named journalist and folklorist Wirt Syke. Beautiful. His first name is actually William. I learned this when I looked him up, but he went by Wirt. So I believe, and I tangentially saw this in my research, uh, mm-hmm. so I could be wildly off base, but I believe 
the 1880s, the Victorian era in general, there was a huge resurgence in... Yes, he's an early folklorist. Yes, uh, but specifically in fairy lore. Yes. Yeah. Now, Weird Psych is actually American. Okay. Uh, he was an American journalist, and he lived in the UK as part of the American consulate in Wales. Oh. And uh, this book is actually just a collection of his writing. It's highly engaging. Holy shit. So, uh, Weird Psych has this to say about attempting to classify the fair folk. Fairies being creatures of the imagination, it is not possible to classify them by fixed and immutable rules. In the exact sciences, there are laws which never vary. Or if they vary, their very eccentricity is governed by precise rules. Which, A, I love this approach. (laughs) B, science has well and truly marched on. And sir, I would love to introduce you to the argument about whether or not fish are even a thing. I love that. It makes me happy. Guys, if you are ever... Yeah, scientifically speaking, fish, big ass question mark. Yeah, go down that rabbit hole. It is so much fun. My friend Avery routinely sends me fish memes. (laughs) Well, they're a biologist, Mm -hmm. so this is how they show their love. Of course. It's great. So yeah, during... Or despite his aforementioned difficulties in making these quote-unquote scientific categories, Mr. Syke breaks the till with Teague down into five different types of fae. The aforementioned Elalon and Coblinau. And then there are household fairies, which are similar to, like, brownies. Right. Um, the fairies of the lakes and streams. We love a wet tart. How dare you make me listen to that with my own ears. <laughs> You're welcome. We love it. And the mountain fairies. Um... And he goes down to drill even further into more atomized types of the Tilwith Teague, such as the puka. Uh, so the puka in Welsh is spelled P-W-C-A. I did know that. And uh, amongst us English speakers, you might be more familiar with P-O-O-K-A. Uh, and according to his research, again, back in the 1880s, this is more akin to a will-o'-the-wisp. Interesting. I I did see, again, mm-hmm. briefly while I was doing my research, I I had always thought of the Will of the Wisp as one specific creature, or or I guess mm-hmm. species of creature. Yeah, that, that see, this is what's really fun. Is like this taxonomy of fair folk, but it turns out I've been wrong. Um, yeah, there are all these subclasses. So in his research, he talks about the Eldon, mm-hmm. which are a type of Eldon, but they are what we would know as Will-o'-the-Wisps. And Puka are a further subset of that. So, you know, we're, we're, we're drilling down into the genus here. <laughs> <laughs> which I loved this. Um, and one of the other things that he does in his book is he actually connects these Welsh fae to other similar stories across Europe and into the Americas. Oh, nice. Um, I will mention this book was written in the 1870s, 1880s. Some of the language reflects that the views of that time period. Now, I will say, while the language he uses is not what we would consider appropriate anymore, it's not taking the piss out of anybody. It's actually fairly respectful. So I kind of really liked that. Um, 
He also talks a little bit, this is a little bit off topic, but it's me, so you get to deal with it. Um, he talks about, um, sorry, I just completely brain deaded myself. Shakespeare. Shakespeare's use of the fair folk in his plays. Mm-hmm. Apparently, contemporary scholars were quite critical of his use of the fair folk because they didn't really align with British stories of the fae. Interesting. What they do align with is Welsh stories of the fae. That little rabble rouser. Right? So, according to Mr. Syke, Puck is a puka. That tracks. It does, right? (laughs) That tracks. It does. Uh, Now I want to watch the version of A Midsummer Night's Dream that has, I think it's Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Oh, from like the 90s? Yes. I watched parts of that that I really should not have. Christian Bale. Yes. Yes. We watched that in high school when we were covering the play. My drama teacher showed it to us after school in, in drama club. I don't know that she was supposed to show it to us. It's not that bad. Oh, my gosh. It's Catholic schools in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's where I was. I, But you were a high school student. Fair. I was in middle school. Fair. It's a little bit of an age difference there, right? I guess. I don't know. It, look, it totally within the scope of our podcast. No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I I am not a fan of puritanizing no, the for human sure. body, but for sure. Uh any hoozles. Um I actually tried to do more research on this and like to pull in other sources, but did you know that when you type in Till with Teague on JSTOR, a third to half of the articles that come up are actually written in Welsh? That I would believe. I loved it. I was like, I am so happy to see this much scholarly material being produced in the Welsh language because I know it's an endangered language. Mm-hmm. So I'm very happy, but I'm also very sad because I can't read this. <laughs> that just means you need to get back on Duolingo. Hey, look, Duolingo saved my ass because I can pronounce Till with Teague. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I've got. <laughs> um, and I didn't really cover this in my notes because I kind of got bored, but... While I was doing some research, I learned a little bit about the duende, which uh, is an umbrella category of Iberian Peninsula fae. The name is really familiar. I feel like I've read, I think, a short story or something that incorporated them. So the duende are, again, the broad category. And when the Spaniards went around colonizing... They brought their stories of Duende to the places where they were colonizing. And a lot of those peoples have picked up that name for their own local phenomena. Again, everything gets twisted and interwoven mm-hmm. together because that's what people do. Because there's another one. And I'm, I'm going to use probably a more Spanish pronunciation for this than I should. It's the Chaneque, who live in Mexico. And that was an already pre-existing Mesoamerican spirit who is said to help people who got lost in the woods and, you know, you don't fuck with them because they'll wreck your shit. But they also help. But yeah. Um, whose in description were very similar to stories of the Duende. So Duende and Chaneque get used not quite interchangeably, 
but th- there was very much a convergence of the stories, like much like what you were talking about with Cherokee and Scots Irish lore, right? Um, but you also hear about the Duende in like the Philippines. I feel like I knew. I'm trying to like place why that's not surprising to me. Like why I've heard that. Obviously, it's not surprising to me. We know the Philippines were yeah. A Spanish. They were a Spanish colony. They were an yeah. American colony. They've, they've been colonized a lot. They have. Rip. Um, oh, that's going to bug me. Yeah. Uh, but I love this list of different kinds of duendes. I can't pronounce all of them because some of them are uh, Portuguese, which I'm shit at. I think you even get some Basque in here, which is a language isolate. And <laughs> yeah. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't do Basque. I don't. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. I've never studied it. I've never tried to pronounce anything from it. But you get some really great ones, like Buscosos, who wear moss and leaves, and they guide shepherds through the forest, and I love them. Aww. But then you get some that are like, oh, I get this, like Elfos. Gee, I wonder what that could be. I I just don't know. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that actually reminds me. So I didn't even put this in my notes. I'm such a dip. But... When he, uh, when Wirt Syke was talking about the Cobbly Now, mm-hmm. uh, A, he talked about the fact that for all that they're minors, apparently they really suck at their job. <laughs> oh, Bless their babies, hearts. they're trying. Bless their hearts. But he made the connection between the Cobbling and Goblin that I never would have made. Interesting. And relating them to like German kobolds. Which are not the liz- little lizardy guys in D and D. No, they are they're little dwarven minor type dudes. I do love D and D kobolds. Though. I do. They're so great. But yeah, I totally forgot. I was like, shit, I forgot words. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the extent of my research. Honestly, I just got so excited about like these umbrella categories of fae that. I personally thought was just one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Nay. There's so much more. No, what I love about this topic is there is so much space for us to really dig deeper and keep coming back. Which also I like. Oh. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to come back to this topic because I, I feel like I didn't give it justice, but also I was helping with an international event that I didn't get to travel to. But still had to make sure that we were posting things during. Uh, uh, I'm sleepy this week. Helping situate a relative in hospice care while yeah. also getting ready to host Passover. So. Yeah. And planning Easter. Man, it's great being part of an interfaith household but boy does it make a lot of work if you want the holiday magic to <laughs> to be well, there for a small child and this year they were so close together same week yeah yeah and it's ramadan yeah it's a busy time and the anniversary of margaret thatcher's death for all who celebrate thank you for bringing that one up i almost <laughs> did it we haven't been friends for too long never anyway I had fun. I am enchanted with the idea of Faye taxonomy, and I will make this everyone's problem for a long time. <laughs> You're welcome. 
All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and putting up with uh, whatever this was. Um, entertainment. This was entertainment, Amanda. If they got nothing else, hopefully we made them laugh. <laughs> I hope so. It made us laugh. Uh, so sweet dreams and caffeinated nightmares, everyone. Good night. Thank you for listening to Graveyard Coffee Talk. Our theme music is Pretty Little Dead Girls by Sean and McGuire. Copyright 2006 and used with permission. Our cover art is by Kyle Welsh. If you want to keep the chat going, please visit our website at graveyardcoffeetalk.com for transcripts, episode notes, and more. Follow us on Instagram at graveyardcoffeetalkpod or on Twitter at talkgraveyard. Sixteen, she never grew up.